Hello and welcome to the Talking Points Podcast, the podcast that tells you. Uh, you see that? I hit the. I shook the table. Look, we're very candid out here. We're very candid. Uh, candid. Uh, my name is Isaiah Cooper. With me, as usual, is Greg McGinnis. How you doing, Greg? I'm doing excellent. Good afternoon. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day. Which, uh, when you listen to this. It will definitely not be Memorial Day. It'll probably we have I think three or four episode buffer zone between what's being released and what's being recorded right now. I know it's not great to do that type of timestamp, but then I like the fact that people can they'll be thinking in their head, hold on, it's not Memorial Day, it's June twenty eighth, or maybe they're listening to it in the year twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and they have a nice footing for where we are in in reality. Exactly, so that's why I timestamp like that. I like that. This is the podcast where we just talk. We tell you we're great conversationalists, Greg and I, and uh, we're not afraid to we're not afraid to say it. And we're not afraid to show it. This is the, the the podcast telling you the things you may not know you needed to know, but now you know you needed to know them. I wouldn't say I'm, I wouldn't say I'm scared, but I feel like saying we're not scared is a little bit more than maybe I feel like I'm at. You know, we're kind of we're there's a little bravado right in a, in, a, in coming out with these points because we're. Taking a lot of stuff right on the chin, and uh, you know, names are going to get defiled in this podcast. And uh, w- yeah, we're going to name names. Uh, People, we're going to name names. Uh, jobs will be lost. People are going to have to start reconfiguring their lives, figuring out what's going on with their lives. Uh, <laughs> we're <laughs> muckraking. I don't know what's going on. Uh, this is a great episode. I think um, I'm not sure exactly what episode this number is, just because uh, at this point we have so many between. What we're film, uh, what we're recording, and what we are putting out, but uh, we got a excellent episode, very exciting. This will be the second episode that Greg and I are recording uh, together in person, and from now on, that's what we'll, we will be doing. And hopefully, uh, everybody out there, all the listeners, will uh, all two of them, Jeff and Nelly, should you guys should really <laughs> start to hear this progression in our podcast. You know, uh, where we're. I think we're in a very good place with the with the show and where it's going, um, and we're very excited about it. So we have a great episode. Unfortunately, we have lost our last sponsor, the Glad Bags. They pulled out. They didn't like the angle that we took. Uh, they just didn't. Uh, they felt like we were not so much promoting trash bags as we were what demoting them no uh, you know we, we made a little light of uh it's, it's trash bags everyone already knows who the hell they are so we thought we could take a little liberty with the extensive text that they gave us to read and uh what are you gonna do those creative differences have killed a lot of a lot of relationships like that and it murdered this one absolutely it murdered, murdered it <laughs> it's in the can it's in the trash it's in the trash people okay so sorry about that but we of course always bouncing back always coming back we have a brand new sponsor for this episode uh, Greg, I think um, they contacted you about this. What do we have here today? Yes, this is uh, this one is near and dear to me. Uh, we were reached out to by the peoples of Totino's, and we are now sponsored by Totino's Frozen Pizzas. Uh, despite the fact that Mash.com's poll found them to be the worst of the frozen pizzas, uh, they also know that I am a large... Uh, fan of Totino's and I think it's really the extra 25 cents or maybe you know what it is maybe it's the 2500 milligrams of sodium per slice that really draws me to it but either way with Totino's you cannot miss uh, get two dollars go to the grocery store 
Get yourself a Totino's frozen pizza. Forget about mash.com. Trying to say that the Kirkland, which is the, uh, what's Kirkland? Is that a Costco? Not Costco, Sam's Club. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they, they had Kirkland, which, you know, you might imagine Sam's Club is not a very highly rated pizza. Then several other names that I hadn't heard. Tony's was one, and uh, there was something else in there. And then Totino's came in dead last, and I feel like it's probably some type of smear campaign. Maybe someone got fired uh, at Mashed that got fired from Totino's and put them on the bottom because, you know, what are you going to do? It's two bucks. How good can they really be from top to bottom? And uh, now they're our sponsor, so I'm going to say they're an excellent option. If you got $2 and an oven or a microwave or maybe just some direct sunlight, you could have yourself a very high-sodium, delicious frozen pizza. You know, that's where we live today. We live in an area where, you know, we just live to redline. You know, just it's all about flavor in the now. Fuck the future at this point. It's 2018. If I need something new because I've been funneling Tostino's, Totino's pizza rolls into my mouth uh, for the past 30 years, I absolutely expect and feel entitled to the new heart that they can give me in the future. Um, but yeah, hey man, name one other company that does pizza rolls. They invented pizza rolls. Now, it should be mentioned at this point, by the way, in the documentation that we were given, we were expressly told not to mention the pizza rolls, which are fairly popular. We were only supposed to be associated with the frozen pizza, which has kind of a bad rap. So now, as I'm saying this out loud, I'm kind of guessing maybe, was it some type of tongue-in-cheek endorsement? I don't know. We've got a a case of them, and... uh, we're hoping it's going to turn we're into some them. more money. We're, yeah, we're going to try to turn this into money. I mean, you know, the, the, the pizza rolls really sell themselves. That's not their problem right now. They're really trying to get... They're like, hey, we're not just a pizza roll company. We we sell the whole pizza. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been having at the box that they sent us. I like them, you know. It's... Uh, to me personally, if you just call, call something pizza, my mind then convinces me it's pizza and I love it you know our dog uh, the dogs here at our podcast studio as I'm calling it they're they're not particularly fond but I just don't think they have the same kind of refined taste buds that we do so that's probably true and I do like the fact that if you call it pizza it is pizza that might be the tagline <laughs> Totino's we're calling it pizza it go is. with it <laughs> go with it baby thank you so much Hammy. I'm so glad I'm glad we had that um so you know What's the last? Have you heard anything from our friend Tom Holland or your, your brother? Uh, you know, he's been pretty busy uh, with, uh, with the wrap of the, uh, you know, what do you call it? The press junket for the big Avengers movie. He had a, a pretty big role in that. And he has not been returning my calls, which is not, uh, that's very unlike him. He's usually pretty accessible. We've got a, a pretty tight thing going. Uh, so I'm just assuming that uh, maybe he's taking a little break from the, from the junket. I know he's got a new project coming up. So I'm sure... He's going to be coming uh, soon because I know a lot of the legal red tape has been worked out. And uh, I feel like it's right around the corner. He's, he's, he's going to be spinning his webs you know, right here in our airwaves. You know, I got a about Tom Holland. You know, because his character that he's playing, and you are, you know, technically related to the guy, you know. Uh, basically, the same blood's pumped through. If you, look at, if you looked at Greg, you would see immediately see the resemblance in Tom Holland to, to Greg McInnes. I get They're both the Irish. And, you know, they're the same. So, but how, what I want to ask to you is, you know, his 
the role that he's playing as Peter Parker, the role of Spider-Man, how many years do you think he has it? Because Peter Parker is like a younger guy. Yeah. You know, Tom Holland, he, you know, he kind of looks, he's got that uh, young Irish look to him. He's young. He, I think he's got, I think he's got at least a couple of more movies in him. And it seems to me, uh, seeing the last movie, that they're going to start really going even more granular with the backstories. And you're going to see like combinations, I think, of these guys, not just the Avengers, but combinations of they're going to mix and match it. So I, I bet you he's going to be in at least three, if not four, going forward. So? Yeah, and that's think... not just because of my intimate knowledge with his contract negotiations and whatnot, but just I feel intuitively, because he does look young, he's a good fit for the Peter Parker. They've already got the money. They, they made a good deal with him in the beginning, signing him to several, and I think the options and whatnot are going to lead to probably three or four more. You don't think it's going to become like an Olsen twin Macaulay Culkin problem that they're going to have with him? He's going to... Uh, elaborate on that, please. The Olsen twin Macaulay Culkin problem is not something I'm familiar with. You know, they, they, they're casted as a role, uh, very typecasted because of age. and uh, Well, and they grow out of it really quickly. They just quickly. grow out of it, you know. You know, just like any Irishman, we all know he's, he's hitting the bottle. So that might catch up to him in a, <laughs> in a decade or a week. We don't, we don't know. Tom, we'll scratch that from the uh, <laughs> from the final cut. Uh, that was one of the big we, uh, uh, push pushback points of his. But uh, he's a good sport about it anyway, especially if you catch him after a few drinks. Tom Holland is not that, from what we know of, drink any alcohol at all. I think if you think three movies, three Avengers movies, is probably six or seven years, right? No, maybe like nine years. Three more or three since he's Three started. more after this one. Uh, you know, honestly, what, the way I'm, if I'm, I'm taking an honest look at it, I think what they're going to have, this, his role as the Amazing Spider-Man started in high school, the character started in high school. I think they're going to grow the character with him. Our Tobey Maguire guy was out of high school. He was already working at the Daily Bugle, which is the, uh, he's the reporter. He was at, yeah, I don't, I don't remember him necessarily being in high school. Uh, so they might have this character grow, you know, after a couple movies, he might be out of college or not out of high school, maybe even take him to college. We'll I see where Tom Holland is. I love the youthful optimism that you really feel like the story is driving all these choices. When it really comes down to the son of a bitch is making too much by the third movie. We got to start over. Let's pull another dude out of suburban. He wants to renegotiate his contract. What are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and then they go, guess what? You're out, kid. You're take out. the amigo's clothes. You're no... You're no Robert Downey Jr. You don't have that kind of sway over here. The character is not you. Then they start it all over again, and the first dude signs for Peanuts and goes through the whole star-studded Peanuts. process, and bam. This, uh, this reminds me. I'm the new Wolverine. I said I'd do it for free. I said nice. I'd pay them. <laughs> the, they, they, they said the Jewish angle wasn't necessarily what they wanted to do, but I, I gave them an offer they couldn't refuse. I was going to pay them a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> So, <laughs> man, um, so we are recording right here in Greg's, uh, actually, wait, no, you had a, we started a segment on the last episode. Yes. That one, you were, one you said that. Hit me right in the face this week at work. It is specific reason number 1075, reason why the terrorists hate us. Yes, this is the, this is the, uh, our... This is the not the segment, but this is something we want to be reoccurring. You know, we live a very, very good life here in America, and uh, there's reason to believe that uh, some people don't like us. With freedom comes choices. With choices come bad choices, 
And then you have something like this, which I don't exactly know how to categorize. Michael Rotondo was living rent-free with his parents up until very recently, until they took him to court. And they had to take their 30-year-old adult son to court to throw him out of the house. To The eagle wasn't coming out of the nest <laughs> without legal enforcement. What was he doing? Living on like squatters rights? Or I like... guess. They said he hadn't lived. He had been living rent-free for eight years. And they said, if you don't get a job by whatever the date was, you're out. And then I, I saw him on all the talk shows and whatnot. But I was like, that is just fucking asinine. He got on you, talk shows? Yeah. He was it's up, like the rewarding. Not talk shows, but like, you know, CNN, um, headline news and that type of stuff. He was interviewed like on all... Because we got the two TVs. Where I work, I got two TVs in my face. One showing like the local news. One is showing usually CNN or like something more national. And I saw the idiot on both. Did they interview his parents? I didn't see anything. So with here's his here. So let's check this. Shit out. How do you think that made his parents feel? His parents, they, they, his parents, all they want him to do is do something. Anything. And anything. And they're they they're like, please just get a job and give us a little bit of money. Anything. Can you just do that? And he's like, and he was so militant about being a lazy fuckass. People started rewarding him for that by putting him on the news and giving him interviews and publicity. I love that you say he's so militant about being a lazy fuck, which is really he was just so lazy. Yes. That he looked militant in his lazy fuckingness. In order for him to be that lazy, he had to, in most cases, work harder. You know, it's not easy to fly out to CNN and get up in early in the morning and be interviewed and have to like look good for these. Interviews. It's not easy. That's work. And he was putting in work to not do work. And uh, I, you know, how do you think that made his parents feel? Do you think his parents are like you're rewarding this? My main problem with this whole situation is the parents. If you want your goddamn thirty-year-old son out. You take his shit, the milk crates, you put it outside, and you go, get the hell out of here. And you lock, you change the locks. And you change the locks. It's you not know, that hard. He's 30. It's not like you're, you know, cutting his life expectancy short. You know, if anything, it's going to wake the dude up. I mean, you want him to have a stroke down in your basement because he's getting into that danger zone, and you keep buying the Doritos, you're like an enabler. So They are enabling. Get, like the, get the goddamn kid out. And that's, that's reason 1075 why the terrorists hate us. People in America are taking their useless, freeloader, 30-year-old sons to court rather than, I don't know, I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Sharia law, but I would say even Sharia law probably handles the situation better they have, than these dickholes in Syracuse that sued their kid to get him out. You know, it sounds like uh, it, he was living the stepbrother's... He was living this the stepbrothers movie script. He was living. He was, he was living it. You know, I'm thinking. And I'm thinking here. They might turn this into a movie with Will Ferrell. And then I go, Oh wait, this has already been a movie with Will Ferrell. Did I did I tell you I just watched that this weekend? Is that why you bring that? No, not at all. That's so crazy. I, it's a move like once a weekend, not every weekend, but I bet you three out of four weekends, I have a 12 year old son who's you guys. he's big into just he wants to absorb all the PG 13 or, I mean in that case it's R. He mm -hmm. wants to absorb the comedy, and I'm always trying to find one. And my little brother and I have watched Step Brothers so many times, but I was like, that's ah, kind of inappropriate. But this year, I said, you know what? Um, someone had recommended I, I was talking to my little brother, and I said, what movie should me and Jack watch this weekend? He threw a few out, and I went, Step Brothers. Of course. Why didn't I think of that? Right up his alley, very childish. It's a ridiculous situation, and it's so funny that you bring it up. And he loved it. Holy shit, dude. He's he already quoting it. Like 50% of the, what's coming out of his mouth in his day-to-day -day, since we saw it on Friday night is Step Brothers quotes, and that must be a, a brilliant thing man that must be so nice I freaking uh, you know because it. it, it's that's how young 
comedic minds are shaped and molded by what they're in, taking in, and they, you, you're going to watch it. I find um, personally the comedic, the whole comedic thing came from years of mimicry, and it's almost like you patterned your mind to think in the way that you're mimicking. So, like, let's say you're mimicking lines from Step Brothers so much that you begin to be able to make up your own lines in the same vein as that. And then that's how you, so that's how you do it. And you do it with so many different things. Like you have different comedians, you're quoting, you know, uh, uh, Eddie Murphy and all these different guys, you know, maybe from your childhood and you're doing it so much that you begin thinking the way they think. And then it becomes a conglomerate of all these different comedians and people in your life. Maybe it's a father or brother who was, you just thought was so hilarious. And, uh, you know, that, that is how it happens. So it must be, it must be very, um, Heartwarming to watch your son doing that. It know? is, like, it lo- is. and especially you love it. You can quote it with him. You yeah, can help him. I mean, I do love it, and I I loved watching it with him. I love that he loved it. At the end, when the credits came on, he literally. I thought he was maybe falling asleep because we put it on at like eight, and it was over at like quarter ten. Maybe I think we had a stoppage, and and I'm sitting in a chair, and he is on the couch, but he had kind of gotten into a lay down position. I'm like, uh, maybe he passed out for the end of it. The movie is over. The credits are rolling before they even started with all the outtake crap. He turns his head so he can look right at me and he goes, that was gold. And I was like, that's awesome that he can recognize that way. But then also, one other thing I want to mention with it is at some point during the movie, my wife wasn't watching it. She was in here. We were watching in the other room. She was in here doing something. And my dishwasher shit the bed. So she's been, she researches the dishwasher crap. Like for, I'm like, what, how many dishwashers are there really? You know what I mean? You have an idea. Have you ever tried? You don't oh know, God. man. No, that's true. <laughs> but at 9.14 on Friday night, I get a text from her. I didn't check it because I, I shut my phone off. I told you I don't let the phone tell me when to check it. I check it when I want to check the goddamn thing. So it's always on silence. And I my text, I actually jacked it down. So I don't even see that I got a text unless I go into the message thing. So anyway, at the end of the movie, I look back and I see that at 9.14, my wife sent me a text that simply said, is whatever you were watching appropriate for Jack? <laughs> Clearly, no. And I'm glad I didn't look at that because that would have been like, oh, maybe I should like be second guessing. You know, to be honest, it's rated R, but I feel like it's rated R for the reasons that it is. It's not overtly uh, graphic in like any kind of sexual kind of way. There's a little bit, but remember Adam Scott's wife, Mm -hmm. like, is insanely hot for uh, yeah, yeah, John. That's a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie little, to you. you know, it could be uncomfortable. If you watch the movie with a 12-year-old, the scenes with her going nuts, gyrating on him and trying to like... She tells him she wants to put him into a little ball and stick him in her vagina. And, and her hair and his hair is going to tickle. And his hair is going to... Yeah, so that was a bit much, but I mean... Yeah, hey. like, yeah kind of that kind of that part slipped a little. But, you know, it still is in, in... When you watch that, it's not arousing its humors. Where there are movies like you know, I, I actually was aroused, but, <laughs> was but it was aroused. conflicted because my twelve. You got watches. some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you find weird things. You find pain arousing for. My... <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's that's uh, that's great, man. Um, let's see. We are. How has uh, anybody ever been thrown out of your house the way you're talking, like the way they should be? The way so the terrorists won't hate us. Um. Well, I, I don't mind that people stay. It's just that if you want your kid out, get your goddamn kid out. Get your kid out, right? That's what my main problem. If it's with it if is. you're like cool with it and and everyone's agreed upon and you know, hey, you know, it's one thing. But if you're like, I want him out, and it's been eight years, yeah, 
of this kid just stomping all over my, you. But in my family, I mean, like, you know, the generation before me, my daddy had 10 brothers and sisters. Some, they they the, couldn't wait to get the hell half out. Half of them oh, on their own. They couldn't wait to get the hell out even before they got to, like, the legal requirement age where you can get out. So right. that's the... And that generation, anyway, they were much more independent than even my generation. You know, we're, we're kind of in the same generation. I'm kind of maybe a little earlier right. on. But I have, know. yeah, I have siblings and stuff that kind of link it, so I, I understand that. My sister, oldest sister, was thrown out in extravagant fashion. How old? Um, she was 17 or 18 at the time. Uh, was uh, Graduated from... Our... She was a wayward girl, was she? She was not wayward. I think... She, uh, no, no, no. What happened was she had already gone to... Uh, she graduated from high school, went to college for a year, completely flunked out, went to zero classes, partied the entire time. Happens. Came home... And was just living that life and not getting a job. And my mom was it was warning after warning until one night she went out, uh, didn't come home that night because if it's under my house, my rules kind of thing. Especially if you don't have a job, you're not paying any rent. Especially, especially I don't care how old you is. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, she came. She didn't come home that night. And it's up in St. Albans, Vermont. You know, it's not like it's a. Uh, it's not like it's a. It's a crazy bump in town. You know, you probably drive a, a circle around the whole time and find, and find her, but. She didn't come home, and uh, the next day she came home to everything she owned on the front lawn, uh, and <laughs> from her room, and like her clothing was just like thrown out of the front door of the house. And there's these two big pine trees right out front of the house, and like her stuff was like hanging out of the pine trees and stuff because she's my mom just went into the front door. She and was snapped. Like, was she, oh, she snapped, man. She snapped. She's done that a couple times. Uh, there was a time when I was there when she when she did that to my my other sister. The two of them got in an argument. And I believe, I think at that time, uh, my sister, she was at, this sister was out of high school. This was here in Sarasota. The sister was out of high school and she was, um, not secretively smoking marijuana. And my mom, you know, didn't necessarily, she hated it, but wasn't like trying, you know, wasn't the biggest problem at the time for sure. But in the midst of this argument, my mom runs upstairs. First of all, if you have, if you're living in your parents' house, you don't hide. You can't, there's nothing you can hide in that house. My mom's a stay-at-home mom. She knows every square inch of the house. And every. And if you're gone for a second, she's in your room probably looking through it. So there's nothing <laughs> you're going to hide, especially if you're in school. There's nothing, this is a message to everybody out there who's in school. Like, you're, if you have a mom that's a stay-at-home mom, you know, she's going to be at home for eight hours a day when you are not. Going through your shit. <laughs> there's nothing you're hiding from that person. So my mom, in the midst of this argument, runs right into my sister's room and grabs like a bong she had hidden I'm putting up quotations in her closet grabs this glass bong runs down the stairs and the front door is right at the front of the stairs and opens it up and hurls the thing over the lawn and it shatters in the street and wow. yeah she's like <laughs> just like chucks this this, this is before she threw her out she uh, this is a different out, sister right? different, different sister. sister yeah this is a different sister maybe 20 years later 20 not years almost later. 20 maybe 15 15 years later Wow. Different sister. So okay. it, it was the oldest sister was the one that got kicked out. I told you she never, you know, uh, and then she was out on her own doing her own thing after that. And then next sister down um, never got thrown out. Um, she ended up moving out on her own. And it was the next one down. that she didn't, she, And she didn't get thrown oh, out. 20 years. It was 15. So it was like oh, between the first, and, the first and second sister was like a different. My mom was ended up becoming getting with a different guy. Uh, getting married. And so the, the oldest uh, sister and then the next one is what, 10 years down? It's about. It's something, and then the other something one like was, that. So they were within five years. And then you Oh, were, they're, they're in with 18 months. They're, uh, you know, 
quick. Irish twins, as they call them. Irish twins, yeah. And when there's 18 months apart. Right. Because... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so and then and then it's five years down to me. So it's it was like the middle one, the argument shucked the thing out in the road. And my mom's the kind of person that she's like completely, uh, you know, her problems are her own. She doesn't want to let anyone else have to deal with that. So within 10, 15 minutes, she was out in the street sweeping it up, not even making my sister do it because she can't trust her to do it. And she's like, well, I don't want the neighbors to pop their tires or anything. Right. <laughs> so like, well, that's that's good. That she, she calmed down and she regained her. I don't think she was calm. Business. I just think she still has. But the she's angrily the, sweeping it up. Because that's not a good strategy for sweeping. That no. that leads to not a good. But it's uh, she still had the wherewithal to do that, and that's it's kind of woman she is. They don't make them like that anymore. But, I, um, I did have a cousin. He's not my cousin now because my father married his aunt, and now my dad's not married with that lady anymore. In fact, he remarried after. But I still call him my cousin. But anyway. He was having some type of problem. He's got he, whatever. I, it's his personality is gets him in trouble, but uh, he wasn't necessarily a huge troublemaker. But he got kicked out the day after he got out of high school. They got he graduated on like a Friday. Saturday morning they took him with his stuff. It was orderly. Did he like, know this was going to happen? I don't know if he knew like that day, but maybe they were threatening it. But you don't know till you know. That day he knew. They took all of his shit, put him in a car. Dude, they drove him to the shel- homeless shelter, like within like an eight minute walk from the house and they were like here you go and they weren't even like hanging around with him or like hanging around after they dropped him off and then we're gone <laughs> what year was this this was 1994 he graduated the year after I and did. this was your cousin yeah and then was this up in Salem yeah wow and he lived in the shelter for a while he worked at like he was like a bagger at a grocery store at a grocery store he was like a cashier at another place how's he, he doing now very well. Very I, well. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Very well. I had a feeling you were going to be like, oh yeah, he's... he's." It toughened his ass up, you know? He was... Li- I mean, he was o- a little older for a high school graduate. I think he was 19. And he wasn't really doing a whole lot. They did that to him. That sprung his ass into action. It, he lived in the shelter for a short time. Then he moved into like one of these like one bedroom apartments where like the whole floor shares a bathroom. Yeah. And he yeah, was with some it, like yeah. hardcore dudes. And he was like this 19-year-old kid. All he had like was a hot plate. The room was like the smaller than the room we're in right now. He had a hot plate and a bed. And he had like a little 19-inch TV or whatever. He's always been a TV guy. And anyway, so when all? you say who got thrown out, I mean, all my brothers and sisters, we were all given the opportunity to kind of stay a little later if we wanted. And no one, we overstayed our welcome according to like the greatest generation type people. Of course but, you did. But we weren't forcibly thrown out. I mean, my, my oldest brother went into the army. So he was out after mm-hmm. high school. My parents, oh, you're going to the army? Yes, we have a date. My, <laughs> I screwed my sister over because after she, uh, after my dad broke up with my stepmother, that summer I was going to go away to school. I was going to be gone. So my dad got a two-bedroom apartment. He was going to have my sister live with her. When I came back and basically did what your sister did, flunked hard out of my first semester, he was like, shit, I think he's going to come mm-hmm. back. I went and finished the other semester, but then I came back, lived with him. And as a result, she was, he, he like took the couch and we each took a bedroom. My sister was like, I don't want to do that. So kind of indirectly, I forced her out and she went and moved in with this guy right out of high school. Damn. And she lived with the guy for 10 years. It was a fucking nightmare. So she moved out even earlier than schedule. And I stayed with my dad till I was like 22. My older brother went into the army. So he was out right away. And then my younger brother, he lived with his parents till he was like 30 between his mother and his father. And he really just moved out like a couple of years ago, you know. But I mean, he's like an independent guy, mm-hmm. but he was living with them. So I don't know. I always wonder what the, what the, but I mean, he probably could have still been living there if he wanted to. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's yeah. a difference between someone that's k- taking a bed from their parents mm-hmm. 
versus like this guy that we were talking about that spurred this whole thing. Clearly a total, you know, his mother's doing his laundry. He's just going up and like complaining about the food that's in the fridge and like he uh, doesn't work. Every single thing he has, he's getting just, from them. My older, my younger brother is a totally independent guy. He just maybe liked to be around. Like to be, yeah, that's, you know, I'm, I'm currently living with my parents as of like a bad situation getting out of and uh, I, I like it. You know, I like living with them and I pay rent to them and... Uh, totally I've, different thing. Totally different, yeah. So, um, and I think that at some point, you know, if whenever I am independent, I would love to invite them to try to have them to live with me in some way. Just because I feel like there's a lot lost with that sort of type, with that kind of, that's another reason why the terrorists hate us. We just, we kick our family to the curb. We hate our family and we put them in retirement homes and that kind of thing. So I want to make that an available thing for them to have them, uh, you know, whether one of them passes, the other one stays, that kind of thing. And, invite them to to have somebody to live with so i think that would be um so anyway yeah dude um this is you know we're right on track this is doing really well i have <laughs> i have a uh so i we are in here in in um greg's home at the moment this is where we record and this is the second time we've ever done this now before we started recording in his home i came over and visited with greg and Devin, who is, thank you so very much, Devin, our, he's been on the episode, uh, a couple different episodes before. He is our sound engineer. He, you know, kind of cuts and does whatever he needs to do. Thank you so much to him, but he was down with his family. And so I came over and, and to uh, meet him in person and to hang out with everyone. And while we were there, so this, Devin is um, Greg's brother-in-law. He is married to, your sister's younger, right? Yeah. He's Irish married to twins. She's Irish 15 twins. months. 15 months. Woo, that's like less than 18. <laughs> Somehow you guys were like in there at the same time. That's fine. At one point I met and she said, be careful of my stitches. He was like, forget the stitches. Ah, the stitches. <laughs> What's the difference? Let's <laughs> <laughs> put a zipper there. Um, <laughs> so they uh, they were here and, and um, it was very nice to meet the whole family. We were all hanging out. And at one point... Um, your sister makes a comment and she goes, you know, because uh, Devin was down and then Devin's, what was his name? Barry? Or Gary? Uh, Bar- Barry. It is Barry, right? Barry, yeah. So That was um, the only time I ever met him, by the way. Oh, really? Okay. So I'm pretty sure it's Barry. It's, um, and who is Devin's friend now? All of these people. So Devin, Greg, uh, your sister was Jen. Jen and um they're all from Salem, Massachusetts, that area. They all know each other, kind of grew up, went to the same kind of high schools, that kind of shit. Now, um, they made a comment. They're like, you know, because it's the first time I've met them. And they're like, yo, he gives us a very Rob feel. Which in, in generally is when somebody says, you remind me just of someone else. In a lot of ways, that's like not a compliment. You know, most of the time. Because nobody, nobody wants their uniqueness trivialized. Nobody wants like That's you're true. your own person, but you're just like someone else, so you're not that cool. You Even know? though we all kind of do it, nobody likes it like pointed out like exactly, yeah. and nobody yet because you're you're that's your your thing. It's your unique. You're your own person, and as soon as you are like someone else, it's trivial. It's nothing. So nobody likes that. Now I remember you saying this. Now now that you're saying this, I remember this coming up. Yeah. So they so they make this conversation, and and uh, so I'm like, oh yeah, is that Rob guy cool? Because that's what I want to know. Like. Or is he complete bumbling jackass? Or who are you comparing me here to, right? And you go, oh, and they're like, no, no, he's actually, he was just on the gong show recently. He had a band. What was the name of the band? Um, I cannot remember. 
I can't. I don't know Rob. It was some. Oh, you don't know. I, well, you don't know Rob, but I don't know Rob. The, he's he's got a, a goofy joke band. Um, you know, it was something like the Jizz Socks, something stupid. You know, <laughs> yeah, the something socks. It was something like I don't know. Yeah, it had just a really stupid one of those kind of jokey bands. Might have done goofy, not totally realistic songs, something similar to like Tenacious D or something. Yeah, who we'll be talking about today. Um, and he was on the Gong Show and made it through the Gong Show. And you guys were talking about how, or Devin and your sister and Barry were talking about how he was a super creative guy. And uh, he was really cool. And he was always doing this thing. And then they told this story, which I think a lot of people are really going to like. Because when I heard this, I was like, no way. That's such a... Okay, so to uh, whoever has... If you're a South Park fan in any capacity, even the most mild fans will recall the episode of South Park, The Underpants Gnomes. You remember that episode? Yes. Very popular episode where Cartman is convinced that his underpants are being stolen by gnomes. And it turns out he is 100% right. There is a, uh, a group of gnomes that are stealing his underpants. And they have this whole plan where step one, steal underpants. Step two, they just shrug. It's a question mark. Nobody knows what step two is. And step three, profit, right? <laughs> and it's become something that... A lot of other outlets are. It's it's been referenced a bunch in many different uh, mediums. It is uh, definitely if there was a top ten episodes, even top five episodes of South Park, you would find it up there. It is a very recognizable, you know, really um, huge thing when it comes to South Park. Now, they said, and and this is this is great, you know, that Rob actually wrote. A pilot for some kind of show or an idea that he had and it was called like underpants goblins or, or underwear goblins or something did they actually film it did they go so far to like no no he just wrote it he just wrote it so what That's happened right. was he wrote it this is what they said he wrote a script and he this is and this is the story from Barry and Devin and um, and Jen and he sent this script script to Comedy Central thinking just hoping for anything right and he got nothing. They didn't say, hey, thank you for the screen. Nothing. But what he did see was... Which happens in 99.9% of unsolicited, unsolicited sends. Exactly. What he did see was a, an entire episode of South Park of his idea completely stolen. No, uh, no, not references. No, uh, what's the word I'm looking no for? No credit. No credit given in any way to, to Rob, whatever his last name, for this idea and that's like it would be one thing if it was like a, one of those tossaway episodes because like what they're on season twelve or thirteen, uh, so many seasons. There's been a lot of episodes that you probably couldn't remember, but that is a huge episode for them. And he was like, you know, oh yeah, and 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 it's vouched for by the people that knew him because he wrote this episode, he wrote this idea down, and then told his friends, hey, I wrote this idea, and I sent Even it Even if to they me. hadn't read it, they had heard him talking about it, and then he was like, holy shit, that's like exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, he wrote it, and he's like, I sent it to Comedy Central, let's see what's gonna happen. He, hey guys, I sent it to Comedy, let's see what's gonna happen, I said, let's see what's gonna happen. And then, what happens, they turn it into this episode, and totally, you know, you're sitting there watching, that's my thing! Holy shit! But the fact that they vouch for this, that he did write that and it's send hard, it in. It's hard to say whether it was parallel thinking or... It's I, too close to home, man. It's too close to... They, he I sent it like, to them. I feel like they, 99% of stuff, though, that gets sent in is chucked. If there is maybe someone reading through it, maybe they mentioned it 
to someone. Maybe they mentioned it as their own idea, or maybe they absolutely were just ref- like you know a bunch of this stuff is crap. This one was kind of stupid, but I liked it. And they mentioned it, the idea to someone who mentioned it to someone, you know. Because, I mean, I know South Park. They're, like, super protective and super um, motivated to come up with their new their yeah. new ideas. And, you know, and, and ba- but back in the day, you never know. It could have been something where they have, like, here's, here's all this mail from Comedy Central. Guys, we need something for this week. Flipping through, flipping through. Goblins, what's this? You know, what is this? Check this shit out. But I think I like your idea better where it was probably just some jackass who read it. Took it as his own idea, brought it into the room. I think it was something closer to that. Did you know that the episode of the Muffin Tops, the Seinfeld uh, episode of the Muffin Tops? Okay. The Muffin Tops and the Stumps. Nobody wants the nobody wants the the, the bottom of the muffin. Oh right, right, right. And take the tops off them. It's Seinfeld, right? That was actually a bit in uh, Kevin Hart's stand-up. He was doing this. It was in his bit, and and it used to be you know a lot of these producers and stuff they would show up to these comedians not to just you know to 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 see if they wanted them as writers or to see if they wanted them as actors and uh he, that was a whole thing even with the muffin stumps down to the muffin stumps and um he was doing this bit these guys came in they watched it not to uh you know next season he saw it on the show and just cut it from his bit and couldn't do anything about it that sucks when the thing that takes it from you is bigger than you so much it's bigger like, than fuck, you. you'd spend so much more time arguing that it's yours it's like yeah. fuck they're like, that shit. <laughs> they're like what are you gonna do kid yeah you know nowadays though I feel like so much stuff is recorded at such an early stage recorded that you would stamped. have you'd be like what the fuck I've got independent recording sources showing that I had this in 2016 you put it on your show in 2018 now in a writer's room on a sitcom though the stuff is coming in from so many angles you can't ask every, you know, did you come up, where did that come from? You can't. You and you don't want to. assume that they bring it to the Don't party. ask. Right. If they asked. You want no. a plausible, plausible deniability. Plausible deniability, for sure. Yeah. Because if, as soon as you know, you can't, yeah, you don't want to ask where you're getting these ideas from. You don't care if you're ripping them off from your kid, you know. But, um, yeah, so that, I thought that was something that was just super interesting. And I, when I thought I about that. I remember that now that you say that, I do remember that story. But I don't know Rob. I do remember them telling me at the same time about the story. And I was like, that's pretty amazing that. People are vouching for the fact that he, he did write that. He, he so here you're idea. finally getting your credit, Rob. You are the the man who came up with the idea for the underpants. Although, gnomes. although we really didn't do a good job of saying who you are, we said Rob. We don't know your jokey last name. band made an appearance on the Gong Show. We could probably find you. And, in today's and, day and age, uh, millennials can easily put that together in a Wikipedia search and have a picture of your face up on screen. We should do it. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna I'm gonna make that a point to put that in the show notes. I have so much time, so. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna find out who Rob is. And I'm gonna try to give you guys a link to maybe the Gong Show episode that he was in, and uh, give you the because you know what the it's the least we can do for for Rob. It's the least we can do for Rob. Am I right? Gotta get gotta get people credit. That's what we're trying to do is get credit linked back to yeah get big, back to Rob. You know, um, so and maybe at some point in our future we can even have uh, Rob on the show. So. Right on track. We're doing great, guys. Uh, last week, we skipped our actual talking points chunk. You know, the point where we um, go over what we have, uh, want, the, the, the ideas that we have given each other. And so let's now move into that right now. Um, here we are. This is the chunk of the show that you all wait for. This is that we, that we want, right? Google Alerts, baby. That is what it is all the about. Google Alerts. So uh, why don't you go ahead and, and start us off, my brother? I'm going to start us off. All right. I like that. So uh, I had three. I'm going to go with my first one is a person. 
Uh, I'm a fan of the podcast, and I think that's probably why you ended up giving them to me. Mm-hmm. Comedian since the '90s, he's kind of uh, in the old in the back nine of his career at this point. Dana Gould, uh, most famous, I think, for being uh, real young when he broke into stand-up. He, How old was he? He was like 17, 18. He was doing stuff in that famous Boston uh, pot where there were a lot of guys that came out that that did really well, and he's younger than a lot of those guys. Because uh, right now he's 53, maybe 50, he's going to be 54 soon. But a lot of the guys in his, uh, you know, what do you call it? Like at that layer of people that came up with him are a lot older. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those guys are already fucking done. You don't even, they're not even around anymore. Yeah. But a lot of those guys are like Bill Burr and uh, some of them have, uh, Lenny Bruce, he came from that area. Uh, he's a little earlier. Lenny Bruce. Well, like, yeah, it would think, I think it was like a, you know, a decade there where it was just these, Boston was cranking out these killers. But, so, but we're, t- yeah, but we're talking, so he was born in 64. We're talking like mid eighties. Okay. Something like that. You know, he was, he was really young and he looked really young. Um, I he does a podcast right now, but over his career, besides the stand up, he got the um, you know he did the talk shows and he did his pilots and whatnot. And right now he's got a podcast that he's been doing for five or six years. And also I remember being excited seeing that he was a producer, uh, or I don't know exactly what his role was, but he was with The Simpsons for a few seasons back in the late 90s was he writing or voicing he did no he wasn't he was uh you know uh creative but not writing or drawing or anything like that and he did do a few shows and you can definitely tell his mark was made on some episodes because he's very specific in his (laughs) in his style of comedy he's talking mostly about his childhood like the 70s were like big for dana gould even now and we're talking 2018 and you could see the like planet of the apes references and like certain things that were said where you're like that definitely was a Dana Gould type reference. Um, not a whole lot happening with him right now, but one thing that did come up in the alerts, really the only thing, is that he's got a show now that he's like the producer, creator of, called Stan Against Evil. Have you heard of that show? I have not. What is that? Uh, well, do you know who John McGinley is? He's John, an actor. No, no, no. I'm going to show you a picture of John McGinley while we're talking. And uh, basically, it's a campy, well, this just keeps coming up, uh, did we, we talked about that on the last we episode. Did. We, we did talk about it. Right? We did. I've talked about Campy more in the last week or so. Because of that. The rest of my life. <laughs> but uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a show about a, like a town of zombies. Um, I think actually, I haven't seen it. I'm just speaking from him talking about it. But I think he kind of runs through all the different horror tropes in this little town over and over again. And the main character is a pretty big uh, actor, John McGinley. You know that guy. Yeah, he is the head doctor on the show Scrubs. Yes. Oh, That's you. where everyone's going to really know him from. Bam. Head doctor from Scrubs. And he's the sheriff in this small town where like all this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So he gets he, he's a big horror guy. He's a comedian. You put now, the not two- the old chief of like medicine in Scrubs, like the old guy, but the, the guy that is immediately above the main character, uh, Zach Braff. That's what I'm talking about. Because there was then the old guy that's just kind of like out of it mentally almost. I wasn't a big Scrubs guy. I thought no. that show, even for sitcoms, was kind of... He just put two thumbs down. But he was famous though as he the guy was, from yeah, Scrubs. He was very that show famous did well his, it back did. in his time. It did. It did do very well. And that's probably what I would know him from too is being the guy. You, you'll know John McGinley even if you don't look him up. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that show was renewed. He did a season of it last year. And just in these last couple weeks while he's been in my alert, Stand Against Evil was renewed for season two on, what is it, on FX? 
It's on one of those kind of like half cable, half whatever networks. I wish I paid it. Oh, maybe um, IFC. It might okay. be an IFC show. Right on. Um, so anyway, good congratulations to him. That's great. He's like, it's his show 100%. And um, I think he's really into it, you know? And I listen to his podcast. He still does a good job with that. I think in the beginning, it happens a lot with podcasts. And I hope we can avoid this over time. But people have an idea of what they want to do in the beginning and they go with it and it's good then they kind of run through everything they wanted to say with that original idea and then now they're like well I've got this thing going on it's kind of franchise I've been doing it for three years what am I going to do now and now he's in this crazy thing where his show is on and his podcast has just become a back burner thing so what is so he's got, oh the show that he's writing for not his yeah okay yeah and it's not even just a show that he's writing for but it's like it's his his idea hundred percent so when he's in it's like a total commitment now right? has the podcast like suffered massively far, oh yeah massively, massively. it like almost seems like, like less like episodes or, or no he's actually in the beginning he wasn't so great about once a month mm-hmm. but they were excellent episodes and he had um, who I love he's like my favorite supporting guy on any podcast and he's been on a bunch Eddie. Pepitone. Okay. Eddie Pepitone was a guy he would have come on. And uh, and he had a few other people. And the material was great. But now I feel like it's all recycled. And it's all like, he's like, well, i got to throw something up there. Yeah, just because he get, feels more obligated. You know, he should just retire it instead of giving, instead of making it bad and not giving as much. You know, I always feel like people should just retire it. But I feel like certain guys that are at a certain size stature in comedy or whatever... It's like a marketing thing. They're like, it would be like giving up their Twitter account. And they're like, well, I don't like it. I don't, I don't it's think not it some... would. I think it's more... But I think that's the way he sees it, though. Yeah. He's like, I got to have that presence out there. Let's just go through the motions. We'll have some. We'll do some stuff. And it wouldn't stand out so much if he didn't have such a specific driving focus in the beginning. Right on. That yeah. I thought was great. And, um, you know, whatever. Anyway, that's, uh, that's Dana Gould. Big fan of the podcast. Uh, Watch Stand Against Evil. Just got renewed for year two. What do you got for an alert? You know, um, I, I did try to listen to the Daniel Good podcast. I think I tried listening to because what prompted us to even what prompted me originally to give it to you was uh, you gave me it was the guy that uh, Joe Frank Joe Frank had died and he did a whole episode yeah on on Joe Frank when he passed away and you gave me that so I gave you Dana Gould because you know I tried listening to it Dana Gould for a while I like it I see where it was going I I loved the production value of it and everything that he was doing. But um, yeah, man, I, I I really want to check out. I really want to check out that show. So you gave me Cody, which is this kind of funny. Uh, Cody, I and I believe when you gave it to me, you uh, told me it was spelled C O D I, and so I had my Google alerts set to C O D I for like two months, which is Compass Group, which I <laughs> is like a big business conglomerate. And uh, with like very, you know, uh, is in a lot of people's stock portfolios and whatnot. So a lot of people really care about what's going on with Compass Group. I believe I used to work for Compass Group. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I believe I used to, when I worked at the airport, airport uh, when I used to work at LaGuardia Airport, uh, I worked in the first class lounge for uh, Air Canada. So it was the Maple Leaf, the Maple Lounge. And they hired people out from Compass Group, which I believe also has some hand in like the restaurant stuff. I might be talking completely out of my ass. They might have um, just a very similar name, and I should have. I didn't have, feel compelled to to look so much into that because my actual 
um, my actual uh, uh, assigned alert. assigned alert was Cody K O D I, which is in more or less words. Let's try less words. A media player. I don't know if uh, so. If you have Windows Media Player or QuickTime, it is like that. But it is an open sourced cross platform media player. This baby will play everything. You could toss your 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 vinyl records. And your uh, <laughs> your old Post-it flip books at this thing, and it'll play them in high def. Um, and so, how it actually started out was it started out on Xbox One. Are you aware of the? I don't think you obviously you don't know the story. You wouldn't have uh, given it to me. But it actually started out on Xbox One as the Xbox Media Center. And so that's pe- what Cody was originally. Was Cody? It started out on Xbox One, not X, you know when it was that big black fucking box with the big green button on it and shit. And the only thing people ever played was Halo One and Halo Two when it finally came out. And this, uh, so it used to be a part of the Xbox Media Center, which they wanted to, you know, Microsoft started building, but they built it as an open source. They built it as an open source product so that people could could change it as they needed, and it was just you know it's, open source is in general better way to go about programming just so you can get more input from people it makes a better product typically but people are afraid of it because it doesn't they're afraid that they're not it's not going to generate as much money because it's quote unquote free and that it's going to allow a lot of backdoor shit to happen whether it's people stealing other people's stuff or whether it's doing just illegal things like watching illegal videos and that but you know for the most part as a consumer you believe it's better Dude, my tailbone's like feels like it's about to explode. That's a and, shitty chair. Ah, know. dude, I don't care. I'm a man. <laughs> I'm giving shit. So um, this, uh, so Cody started out as an Xbox Media Center, and they started building. You know, Microsoft started doing it because they wanted people to be able to listen to music and do different things on Xbox. But uh, and then they and then as it became so open sourced and st- uh, started allowing people to literally mod their Xbox games which is change the game from its original uh, design and how it's played. They broke him off from Microsoft and completely said, we're done with this. We, we have no affiliation with this. And then it, that's when it changed its name to Cody, and it's now changed its name to Krypton. Uh, but Cody, uh, you might be familiar with as something as a package deal where if you buy it with all the proper add-ons, you can be watching Hulu and literally anything for free. Movies that just come out, you can stream everything for free. And uh, my personal experiences, man, so I was big into Halo too. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Halo genre at all. I know of it. It's a third-person right. shooter game. But first, I don't know it's much first, more. buddy. Come on. First, I'm sorry. What would the third-person shooter be? Third is over the shoulder. So you're controlling a character, and your camera that you're controlling the character with oh, yeah. is over the shoulder. You first can't person. do that with that, though, where you can look over the shoulder, and you like the eyes. You have to be the eyes. There are later games where that was something. When you would do certain things, it would go to a third person for a moment. Okay. But the game was defined by first person. It was like one of the biggest. Which I've always hated. Like I love video games as much as the next guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm much more like Madden where I'm looking at all the guys. I don't even like to zoom in where I'm too... I, I need to be up. That's the whole point of playing a video game. I can see the whole screen. <laughs> and I, like I know that the dude started with the you know the ASDF keys or whatever the hell it was playing that. And you, when you are first person, I hate that. Because you have to... It's so technical about turning and making sure you're looking up five degrees, shooting, turn, run down the hall. Fuck that. Right. So I like that, man. But I... And there is a learning curve, whether it's steep or, sli- uh, or slight... 
Uh, I don't know. I think a slight learning curve is more difficult than a steep. No, steep learning curve is, is more difficult, I believe. No, it's not. A steep learning curve is easy because over a shorter period, short period of time, you learn quicker. So uh, you learn more. Okay. So uh, this, um, it was, you know, it was a little difficult at first, but yeah, I got very into playing Halo. And I remember I went over to my, I used to go to my friend's house all the time. He was a little older than me. I think I was like a sophomore. He was a senior. Go to his house just about every day and we would play online Halo 2. And he began modding his Xbox. And so what happened was it was using this like Microsoft Media Center and he would, you would upload because you could attach these plugins to it. He, it came with like a certain, a specific disc and you put it in there and it, it, you would, it would add a plugin to the, to your Xbox and then it would allow you to cheat in your game that was played online in like a ranking system and stuff. So you could have like uh, unlimited lives, un- unlimited like ridiculous stuff. You can't be killed. Uh, the big one was auto aim and uh, he- uh, all headshots. So that one was a little more difficult for players to detect, but they were then able to f- detect it as like. The game programmers could be like, oh, these people are, we could see by the data that they're doing, they're cheating. But from a player standpoint, that was the, the people would do uh, aim, they were called aim bots. Whereas, uh, you know, you just have to shoot in the general direction and the bullets are going to go right to the head and just. What's the point of playing? Fucking dicks. Dude, that's, that's the, that's humans. Those are humans. People want to be the best and they don't care how they get there. They just want to be known as they want to reap all the rewards. If you are doing that right now on Halo or some other platform, you are a dickhole. You're a dickhole. I was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> that is, and you know what? That's I think these the that's what I think these uh, these talking points are. These these alerts are are things that where you know if it incites some kind of story of personal experience, you know that's what we're uh, I think we're going for. But that's you know that's Cody. That's my personal experience. As of now, it's Krypton and. Uh, it's a media player. A lot of technical stuff. I'm sure somebody can make an entire episode on just Cody, but that's... Uh, I think what people like about Cody, the reason I gave it to you, I wanted to see if you were going to bring it into that arena, which you kind of did, is that it is widely used, and so people that want to upload, not not so much torrent, but I guess it's kind of like torrent, but it's the sharing their own feeds of stuff. Okay. So I get HBO... I you know I pay my forty bucks a month and I'm a computer guy that is all about I want other people to be able to get this. Mm-hmm. So Cody is something that people use on like if you go buy like what they call a modded Fire Stick or a box they have all these little boxes. Or all you need is Cody Raspberry Pi. All these yeah <laughs> and all these add-ons come in and some of the add-ons are geared towards sports networks some of them are geared towards movies some of them are geared towards other things are you getting fully loaded and you can totally just get whatever you want from (laughs) a fire stick and the the joy of it the reason why these guys can be selling them uh for not much money is because it's open source all you're doing is linking people that are already trying to put the content online and it's really user-friendly so like your grandmother could buy one of these sticks and the interface after showing her a couple of times is so easy she could be pirating shit without even realizing she's and she doesn't know shit. she's pirating Yeah, and I believe because you're only streaming, it's not something they're after you for. They yeah. don't like when you download. Like, I, I have a brother-in-law, not Devin, but another brother-in-law. Uh, no, uh, he got was getting letters. A lot of people are getting these letters from their um, ISP 
because they know when you're downloading shit illegally. And they'll send you a letter saying, we know was, you downloaded... Was it Comcast? Did he have Comcast? He did have Comcast, I believe. Comcast is like the number one... P- I've never had a letter. I've downloaded... Uh, I've allegedly... No people. I have a no, friend. I know people who have downloaded a lot of stuff and never in their time and never got received a letter. But I know that Comcast was interesting because that it was Comcast. He had they literally sent him a letter saying, "We know that on the 18th at 7 p.m. you downloaded Iron Man 2 unauthorized." Da, da, da. They said exactly yeah. what it was. Well, that's kind of fucked up because usually how they do it is they they do they go by bandwidth. Everything has very specific amounts of bandwidth that it takes up. So if you're an online gamer, you're playing. Uh, World of Warcraft. Kind of see it's a very like. specific amount of bandwidth, and they can see like the packet sent and received, and where it's coming from and going. And they yeah. go, okay, he, this is a gamer, right? Um, but for that, that means like they're watching every single thing that comes in and out as Comcast. Probably just and the big torrent sites. They probably just have to watch. Well, the thing is about torrents. You know how torrents work, right? You get it from like twenty different people, but you're getting it from the site. So there's got to be some like packet some, that comes in the beginning that says right, what it is. That it's attached to the site. So they just, mm-hmm. like you just said, they can tell what gaming looks like when someone's downloading torrents. There's a bunch of shit coming from a bunch of different places, but like the yeah, 18th packet, byte number 46, is the one that says Iron Man 2 or whatever, right? And like, and directing just, all the rest of the packet. They see it. They see it. Yeah, because they sent them a letter saying that. So anyway, downloading <laughs> is not great. I think even if I had Comcast, I'm not sure though. Even if I had Comcast, I feel like if I were to be using this Cody mm-hmm. and streaming, it's not as big of a deal. But And streaming is generally a little more open-ended on that. I mean, even with Netflix, you can have up to 10 people using one account and they're totally chill with it. I mean, how many people are using their own Netflix or have a number of people who are just friends and family using all one account? You know, so I think it's it kind of plays with that and maybe gets Netflix away. Netflix is cool with it now because their growth has been exponential year over year. Mm-hmm. But they're going to get to a year where the VP is going to be having this meeting and they're going to go, "We're yeah. down this year by one percent." They're going to go, "Let's get those cocksucker eight, nine, and ten on the accounts off." What can off. we do, Tony? Only seven accounts. Close Only seven accounts. Yeah, and we those... will increase by yeah, and that you know that's what will happen. And I think that's going to take years, um, and I think it's going to take a little bit of. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? A little bit of... Uh, it might take a change in power as far as like... Because a lot of times they'll stick to a strict code and like, we're never changing. But then all it takes is one CEO to come in and clean house and be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> now we're changing, man. We're changing. Right. That's like with the thing with uh, like Facebook and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, they have all this data on everybody. And um, it's not necessarily bad, but all it takes is one change of power and that person goes sell that data sell it like right now he might not be selling it he might not be doing it but it takes one person to come into power and go sell it sell it all sell it all to whoever you want uh i don't care what happens to it they don't keep the same integrity as the previous person running. i think even if it's the same guy at some point like right now netflix's only problem is we got to stay ahead of what's happening Mm -hmm. they're doing the content creation and they're trying to keep up with being able to put out enough uh bandwidth to keep up with the millions of users. Right. But at some point, when they'll have that solved and the growth will kind of cap off because everyone in the world will have Netflix and have 10 people on it and that won't be the main issue, then they'll start to trickle back down on other issues and go, how can we yeah, what's you know, squeeze happen? more money out of this? Speaking of Netflix, if you want, maybe I could just kill two birds with one stone and go right into my next one. Nice. Uh, Patty McCord. Patty McCord was my next one. She is the HR. She was the original HR director for uh, Netflix. And she really put Netflix on the trajectory that they are now. Now, I can my typical thing when I get one of these uh, Google alerts and when I get a talking point, 
I immediately read the entire Wikipedia page uh, just to get the background information, just to get the, the biography on whatever I'm doing. And there wasn't one for her, so I'm kind of piecing it together. I don't know where she went to school. I don't know where she came from. And I also, uh, it was just article after article. She is a very prominent person in Silicon Valley. They consider what she did for a lot. I mean, not there's a lot of outlets that would consider what she did for Netflix the most important thing. Uh, the document. So let me explain it. So what happened was, she they were building the company as, as Netflix in the early 2000s, and what it originally was was, they were sending DVDs to you. It was a subscription fee, and you can have DVDs sent to your house uh, that have just been released. And instead of going to Blockbuster and shopping around, it was just you had a queue and it was sent to your house and you were doing it all on the internet. And uh, at the start of the company and when the company was growing and projecting, she came in and said, you know, all these companies, they put up their mottos and their, you know, mottos and for the company are always like integrity and growth or whatever it is and they she's call like them the, they call it their core values their it's core like values bullshit buzzword corporate shit yeah and she's like fuck that let's not do that shit let's our thing is freedom and responsibility and she wrote up this Netflix culture document that a lot of outlets consider to be the most important thing to come out of Silicon Valley um, which is is saying a lot but in this how how they function as a company um they have a slideshow and it's updated you know month uh, it was updated throughout the years i had it up here a second ago it was really um oh man i don't think i have it it's updated uh as it uh, throughout the years um yeah the women behind the netflix culture document but it was it was this document that basically you know their their core it changed their, it, it realigned their core values with uh, and took it away from companies like uh, one of the examples if you actually look at the slideshow is Enron and how Enron in their office their main office building you walk in in the lobby it says like integrity and honesty <laughs> and then those guys all got like you know shit canned for some of the most horrific things to ever happen. Um, well, okay, so so this uh, this document is the the culture document. It's the cultural, the culture and freedom. Netflix culture and freedom responsibility, and it's like, you know, they have a slideshow. The Netflix culture and freedom responsibility. We seek excellence. Our culture focuses on helping us achieve excellence. And you know, she had to do something very difficult. There was a time it was the dot com burst. I don't, I don't know if you remember that. It was. I guess, huh? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, so, you know, they're all thinking it's going to make more money than it, than it was. And um, they had to, there was, the company was 120 people strong and they had to cut uh, like a third of those people. She had to cut them out. And, you know, just all, because of something stupid, like the valuation was too high and they, or they forecast something wrong and then they were like, shit, we don't need 52 people or whatever. So they had to cut a bunch. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that kind of thing, it, it seems like it's a very difficult thing to do, but from her point of view and from the the statement and the document that she has built, it's almost as if those people that do get shit-canned already know they're going to get shit-canned because they don't necessarily align with the company and the company 
strives on honesty. You never say anything like right in their slideshow. It says uh, you wouldn't. They're in their core values. You would never say anything to anyone's face, or never say anything about anyone you wouldn't say it to their face. They have nine, uh, basically core values that people would stick to in their company. Things like judgment, communication, impact. Just a really great way to run their company. And um, you know, reading that very uh, inspired me a lot to sort of direct and guide our uh, podcast. And I think uh, just because of this, um, just because, of, yeah, and she was also sick, shit-canned herself from Netflix, yeah, right? Yeah. Can you give me she more left. on that? She left? Yeah, she Okay, left. do you know the story of that? Um, you Because know, unfortunately, I didn't really get to it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't get to it, man. <laughs> um no, I believe she left to go to another. She jumped she jumped. But I think she waited for uh, some stock to vest, you know, like they give you those options and you can't sell them until they've matured and I think she waited till there was a um I think she waited until she was able to cash out cuz I think she left of her own accord. Oh, hey. Um so yeah, we uh Absolutely, yeah. So that so we're gonna try to guide this podcast really in a in a in a great way, um, almost based on her thing. We have a we're we'll see how it goes. So what do you have for us for? Uh, My next one is uh, the band, the jokey band that everyone loves, starring Jack Black, and I've not a lot of people can name Kyle Gass, but Kyle Gass is the other guy behind Tenacious D, which I think is a great joke band. I think they. I think they have the right proportion to joke versus music. I think sometimes maybe musicians can't get in with their music alone, so they add a little comedy to try and get it in. And I think there are other people that are strictly comedians that they want to use the music as their little hook to kind of jump over a little barrier that they couldn't otherwise get around. But I feel like Jack Black and Kyle Gass are like the epitome of guys that want to be musicians but are also very funny and they combine them in the right way uh they've been together for shit a long time man like 90s i think yeah uh they were a little touring uh 1994 in la is when they were formed uh they were both um the, the name by the way if you look at their wikipedia page this is something i just realized i've known of tenacious d for years but right off the bat it says the duo's name do you know what it comes from no what it come is derived from tenacious defense which is a phrase that Marv Albert, the very famous uh, basketball sportscaster, used to use, mm-hmm. which is kind of you know whatever, right? I mean, but I okay. tenacious D is what you would say that makes perfect sense. But I never, <laughs> of all these years, thought <laughs> actually anything with basketball. And you are such a, a big sports guy. I think that's so funny. Yeah, they uh, got some tenacious D, <laughs> and they totally took it and ran with it. Now it's theirs. It's just one of those things that's so obvious. You just look right through it. Like obviously they're not. It has nothing to do with fucking Deep. basketball. I never knew that. No, I never knew that about those guys. They got a movie. You know, they've been in a bunch of stuff. Everyone knows where they're at. I think right now, here's the the news that came up was was shocking to me because, as many of us know, just by not knowing who the fuck Kyle Gass is, you know that Jack Black is one of these huge. You know, he's like an A-list actor at this point. He's He makes and breaks all kinds of stuff. Makes and breaks, baby. And he's, and he's in a lot of movies. And so, you know, you can attach shit to Jack Black, or attach Jack Black to shit and make it go. Mm-hmm. Kyle Gass is still Average Joe, unknown, you know, acoustical guitarist, 
with a failing body. He's he's not a beautiful. Guy you know, to he look hasn't at. he hasn't dig, digressed or or. He's been very consistent. Very consistent. If you look at near death type of health situation (laughs) for decades, I don't know how he does it, but he's just he's in just about every single movie that Jack Black's in, at least for a second. Right, and that's the thing. He gets you know, it's like (laughs) written in there. He gets roles. I want bagels in my trailer, and Kyle gets to be on screen for a second. (laughs) And they're like, "Fine, Jack." (laughs) (laughs) And but so here's the thing that was crazy is that this month. I saw that they have started a new tour. They're going to tour for the first time in like five years. Wow. I didn't even know they toured five years ago. I thought about ten years ago, Jack Black was hosting the fucking Oscars or the Emmys or whatever it was, and just in all these big, huge movies, and they were done. Because it's going to be really hard. All for some dick and balls jokes, right? All for some dick and balls jokes. Although they were really funny. I used to have, during the Napster days, it's one of those things I'll never fucking get back. Because now you have to go to like the other services, and they just don't have the bullshit that you used to be able to get on Napster. You know what I mean? No, no, no. And I got this this thing. It was um, it was a clip from a live show that they did in Vegas, Tenacious D, and the clip was uh, the Spider Man theme song sung by them mm-hmm. with their funny little you know up and down tempo acoustic guitar, and it gets louder and quiet. And it was just really funny how he was ragging on the original '70s. Spider-Man show I had it on Napster and I burned it onto a couple of CDs and I used to listen to it all the time it was like it was like a song that I liked you know it was like a minute and a half thing from this live show and I'll probably never be able to find it again but that's way old that's probably 90s and um, anyway I'm, I'm surprised that they're still touring I hope the show goes well and uh, good luck to him man you know I'm gonna I'm gonna try to look that up and see if, if I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna spend a little time and try to find the uh that Spider-Man live show from Tennessee. see if you can do it. They, see if I can do it. It might you might it might be sitting sleeping dormant somewhere on YouTube. That would be fucking great, dude. I'll I remember my class going to college. Before I went to my first class, I'd be, always go on and like get like twenty five Napster downloads going. Then you go to class, you come back, and you're like three worked, eleven stopped halfway, and the other fourteen are just like dead on arrival. Because remember, it only let you queue up. So many, because mm-hmm. we were on fucking dial-up, dial dude. Up. 14, 2, or 28, or whatever the hell it was. It was took forever. It was terrible. And, uh, I mean, I know there was this one um, there was this one file that, like, 90% of you would download. It doesn't matter what you would download. It would be the same bullshit file. It was, like, a video or something. I can't remember what it was. I just remember that was a common problem. Did you ever run into that? It was like you just continued down. Like it would be, it would say it was Tenacious D. It would say it was U2 that you were downloading. It was whatever it was that you were downloading. Oh, that would happen too. You'd think and you were downloading something. And then and you, you would get, get it and it would always be the same stupid video. Like I don't even remember what it was. Or same like, um, same song or something. I don't remember. It was was like, that where Rick Rolling came from? Is maybe. Napster Rick Rolling. <laughs> 90% <laughs> of the downloads were that fucking Because you spend fun. hours trying to listen to it. Yes, finally. That's just, never going to build you up, baby. Um, so what do we have? Uh, the very last thing that I had, or if you want, do you want to go into another one of yours? We got to, we're, we're trying to land on a mark here, folks. And I think we're going to do it. Yeah. I think we're going to do it too, man. I think we're going to do it. Uh, go ahead. You got, you I have ear biscuits. Ear biscuits is a, is it also a podcast and, uh, it's been around since 2013 to be, to be honest, we're not too far off. I think we started actually, we started in 2015. 15? I think 15 is when we started the podcast. We started the podcast in 2015, uh, but they were uh, an audio-only podcast for a number of years, and then after like three years, they began, um, they became a, 
a video podcast as well, but the podcast does amazingly. It's like the top six downloaded pod like comedy podcast um, on on iTunes Media. My kids love them. It's a very family friendly all the way across the board. They just they thrive on just entertainment and um, they really thrive on. Uh, let's see what I have here. Oh no. Yeah, Ear Biscuits is a podcast created and hosted by Rhett and Link. It was originally audio only, but from the start of season three, video was released on This Is Mythical Channel, which is a YouTube channel. And uh, I think they have, they're on like This Mythical Morning or some shit like that. Uh, good Mythical Morning. Good Mythical Morning. Yeah, the, the purpose of the podcast is to have an interesting conversation with someone interesting from the interesting internet. <laughs> Um, but they do a lot of goofy stuff. I've seen a lot of different clips from uh, their shows. Some of the clips that I uh, that I watched myself were one uh, they they were putting like cheese. Or they were putting different things in, in their hairs. Um, let's see which maybe we can watch just a few, skip through uh, a, a few seconds of a video and maybe uh, have you guys watch it as well. Very, uh, I don't know why it won't turn. Good mythical morning. Listen, it's 2017. Tom Holland is the new Spider Man. <laughs> that is, I did not, I have not watched this. That's, that's see, Tom Holland's everywhere, baby. basically us you know it's really i'm you're i'm i'm definitely as handsome as this guy those guys are both skinny so i don't i can't imagine myself as either of them, i think but. you're i think you look great man uh and neither this, of us have glasses he's got the bob ross he's got the bob ross shirt on um you know they look like they have a really nice studio that it's a single mic show they're using now they might have a mic outside of this one this might just be for show here uh they're they're coming in so clear and crisp that i don't think you know, every you, movement you might that, be right. It's high production value. I've high seen production some of these. value. Yeah, every movement that they make right now, even like their clothes and everything, would be now that that did you see that that thing that just came on? Yeah, that was completely ripped. Not ripped, but um, that came from their sponsor. No, that comes from uh, your mom's house podcast with Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky. They are they have like a running gag of like. They call each other jeans. Uh, they have like a quote, high and tight. Keep your jeans high and tight, mommy. And everyone's a mommy. Like, hey, mommies, how's it going? And they always have like a pair of jeans that come in on the side of the screen. They're like, follow us on Twitter, everything. And that was the same animation that they, they have. Um, the same animation. But their production value is great. These guys are great. Oh, yeah. Um, you know. My kids love these guys, dude. Holy shit. Because they're wholesome dudes. You look at that, you don't feel threatened in any way. Like, I feel like a good, like real good... Uh, comedy, there has to be a little edge to it. You got to feel a yeah. little, little uncomfortable. Like Bill Burr seems like a kind of guy that might punch you if you're not paying attention. You know, he's one of those guys that's doing a podcast just because his his handler said, "Listen, you think you, podcast, you think Bill Burr is?" Yeah, I, he, I can tell. I mean, I think he's pretty open about the fact that he's like, "This is just a pain in my fucking ass." I'm is doing, he? Oh yeah. I've always heard it the other way around. I think he he just has so much in his brain and he just needs to get it out. And he just does it because he no, just dude. he rants for an hour. Really, podcasting is one of those mediums that 
Very few people are in it for the love of the game. It's it's just like a Twitter account. There are some guys out there that are like, Twitter is my favorite thing in the world. I love mm-hmm. Twitter. I was made for Twitter. Made for Twitter. I love tweeting. What a shitty thing to be made for. That's like 2% <laughs> of the people, though. 98% of them are like, I got a fucking, you know, George Takai has a guy whose job it is. Or maybe it's a company or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The branding people mm-hmm. put their tweets out for them. Bill Burr is like, I can't do that. Because I, I can't trust they're going to come up with my shit. My whole thing is my shit. Mm-hmm. So I got to come up with it. George Takai, it's like, fuck that guy. He's just a... He'll just be anybody. He could be... Yeah. So they're, they're going to beat his quality. But a comedian has to be doing the stuff. They're going to get their hands dirty. And they probably fight it off until they have to. And then they just go, fuck it. I got to do a podcast. I don't think Bill Burr would do a podcast if he had his, his druthers. But they tell him, listen, you're hitting all the demographics. You want to keep seeing your... Your numbers go up and all your things. You got to hit this. You got to be tweeting. You got to be blah, blah. And he's like, mm-hmm. fuck it. His podcast is like he's in his living room just talking. Totally unscripted stuff. He's not he's excited ranting. about it. But he's, that's the kind of guy. It does fit him, though. He's just a ranting kind of well, guy. Well, because it's him doing his thing. But it's believe me, I, I guarantee you. And I feel like I've heard it on there before because I've listened to it a couple times, but it's not my thing. And I love Bill Burr. But his podcast is just not... Yeah. Yeah, I don't listen to it. <laughs> so... Um, you had, we've already been through two of your things, and you had your last one I gave you was conspiracy theory. Now, I think this would be a perfect thing to set up and do on the next episode. How about I come up with a conspiracy theory? Because what the what your talking point was, was just to find your favorite conspiracy. Which is a little different than the normal Google Alert yes. form, format, which is usually I set, I just type some shit in, and then, and then see what the internet sends me back. But in this one, you gave me special homework to pick a... Pick it. Pick a see what we can do. Theory. So I think what we can, what we're gonna do is have just maybe a special conspiracy episode next time. We won't have the traditional talking points. So next episode, what we'll do is we will uh, each do just a conspiracy theory. So we're not gonna hand out talking points right now. And then, uh, so the next episode, we will go over our uh, Evil Genius, which is the Netflix thing. And uh, you our know, millennial book club. Our uh, millennial book club was to watch Evil, Evil Genius. Genius. So that will be something we will go over. And you know, we're we're cutting these things out, and just so there's variety from episode to episode, and just so we're keeping it to a time. You know, we want to give you guys the best of the best when it comes to listening. Um, so we know, we, as listeners, you're extremely interested right now. That is not just happening uh, organically. We are engineering this to maximize your interest. So don't be alarmed. That we're we're playing with it. We're we're amping it up absolutely and we're gonna amp it up to uh we're gonna pump up the jam for sure on the uh, the next episode (laughs) that's right (laughs) pump up the jam so uh on this next episode what we will talk what we will be talking about is uh you know our evil genius so if you want to go ahead you still have another uh Another little bit to watch that show. For you, Evil Genius has probably been out for a while, but it has just been released on Netflix for us. Um, We have a number of episodes back. We will um, talk about Evil Genius. We will, uh, you know, hand out another another episode. uh, Not another episode. We will hand out another Netflix thing for us to watch, another Millennial Book Club book. We will talk about our favorite conspiracies. It'll be a very fun conspiracy episode where we will dig in deep. And... um, you know, have a lot of fun with it, and I think we're we're landing this perfect. We had a time. I think we're well within it. I think we did good. How do you feel about this? I feel pretty solid. I feel pretty solid. I like the uh, the conspiracy theory idea for the next ep. 
And um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about them off air and come up with what we're going to be talking about for the next one. Like, I think you just find your favorite one, okay. and then I'll find my favorite one. And then on the uh, live, I will, I will learn you about what I came up with, and you can do the same to me. Okay. And then we'll just uh, dissect, and we'll go through a good part of the episode. We'll front load on the beginning our uh, Millennial Book Club, and then just run right into that and see how, how, long we, how much we can dig into it. Okay. How about it? Yeah, no, I like that. And I would also like to, uh, in closing, thank the people at Totino's Pizza. Uh, it's the highest amount of sodium you can get in 3.2 ounces of frozen pizza. And we thank them for that. If that's not American, I don't know what is. And we appreciate it. We look forward to uh, them sponsoring many episodes to come. Yeah, that's right. Um, the only way you can possibly get more sodium is salt itself. So very good. Um, <laughs> thank you, Tostinas. Thank you, uh, and thank you, of course. Special thanks always to our wonderful listens, uh, Jeff and Ellie. I hope you, the two of you, are doing well out in California. Uh, special thanks as always to Devin Patelli for uh, doing being our sound engineer. Thank you for this episode and all the other episodes. Thank you, everybody, and we will uh, thank you for sticking with us while we're trying to make something of this whole thing. Have a good one. Good night.